Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 239, with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. And I am your host, Lauren Gray. And this is episode number 239. So each week, we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in the marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show this week in hospitality marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tool for review this week is actually a re-review of a tool because of the topics that we're going to talk about on the podcast today, and it's usability and function value, and that is the Giru, G-E-R-U.com modeling and funnel platform. And for those of you that have been, may not have remembered our review of it and its use of it, it's a funnel simulator. And what that means is that you're able to create a, uh, a modeling as to your business, where it's coming from, the revenue it generates based on the conditions of how it generates that revenue, and then other contributing factors. Plus, you plug in your costs associated with each of those platforms and its usability, whether it's you know the marketing dollars you're spending or the operational costs, whatever, and it creates this model for you to determine profitability opportunity or a lack thereof. And you're able to then create a variety of scenarios. Now, if this sounds overly complex, it really isn't, but it is a useful tool for what we're going to be discussing today and its service profile. Um, it's relatively cheap. It's about $60 a month, I believe, to have it. Um, uh, actually, $60 one-time fee, excuse me, not even a monthly fee for it. And you can buy up and buy modeling tools with it that uh, are just really templates that have already been pre-built that you can then put in your own data. So what I mean by using this is say for instance a PPC campaign, a paid campaign, you can say I have X number of volume of traffic that's generated, my convert, my click-through rate is X percentage, uh, from there it gives, what is my conversion of that click-through rate, what is the value of those those conversions, on and on and on, and, and, and it would create this visualization Ironic that we're talking about it on a podcast, right? This visualization as to your revenue flow, and then you assign the costs associated, in the case of PPC, the CPC, the cost per click perhaps. And they, they, that gets put into the total cost of what revenue gets generated versus the cost of generating that revenue. And it goes through the process and you're then allowed to see where you're losing your business and where you might have to amplify other means of marketing at that stage of the flow in that funnel to improve your conversion value ratios and where you can drive more money from it, whether it's a retargeting campaign, a CRM workflow campaign. And I know this, again, sounds overly complex on the varieties of what these all represent, but it has a purpose of why I'm bringing it back to the table of discussion today. And that really goes into more of the meat of our conversation today using this to Giru, G-E-R-U dot com, uh, for modeling and for uh, revenue uh, flow streams and, and, and funneling. And it's because we are going to actually spend more time on the remaining two aspects of our podcast, which is our techniques and news. So with that, let's get started on the technique of the week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. Okay, the technique of the week is based on our current environment that we are in right now with is um, whether or not the coronavirus is our black swan of 2020. For those unfamiliar with that term, it's the unforeseen uh, randomization item that came into market that was not anticipated that has been a big disruptor to that market. 
Uh, none of us saw that this was happening. None of us talked about this in January, obviously. Uh, it only began to be discussed as of last month as this became a newsworthy discussion from what uh, China was doing in its inception and so forth. So our technique this week is about budget stress testing and market scenario modeling. Sounds very impressive to say, but very fundamental in, in these reviews. Now, having gone through both 9-11 in 2001 and the anthrax threat being in Florida, and I was in Florida at the time, so the extension of that tragedies that were happening, and also 2008 with the market meltdown, there are similarities and there's dissimilarities between those two. In 2008, it was a financial inability to travel, which hit our industry. The, the, the fact that people just did not have monies, they were the, the finance, the institutions were in crisis. People were, you know, unemployment was, was in the, uh, the worst direction and growing. And there was just a not wanting to spend money if they didn't have the money to spend or the income uh, sustainabilities. In 2001, it was an unwillingness to travel an uncertainty of travel. Um, the, the, they had the means and the, and the finances to do so. There was just a lack of wanting to travel. And we're more closely related to that with the current environment right now compared to the 2008 scenario. Scary number is that 64% of current management in our industry, hospitality industry, have never lived through a downturn. So what does that mean? Well, it's a lot like a pilot that can fly a plane as long as it's in the air. But they've never ever had to worry about takeoff and landings. It's relatively easy to fly a plane once it's flying. I'm not saying that I would just be quick to jump into the cockpit. I'm sure that I'd be scared to death of it. But in the sense of skill sets, flying it is one of the more direct mm, common sense aspects of this. Landing it, however, does require skill. Taking off requires skill. A lot more skills than just the maintenance of the flight. And so too is with our management not having experienced in downturn economies. They've never had to deal with the fact that the next month isn't better than the last. Now think about that for a moment. We've been living in the longest stretch of that happening since the 2008-2009. A decade of perpetual growth. And for all of us in the marketing of hospitality and all of us in the operations and sales of hospitality, there has been this constant drive of, well, that's great, but that was last month. And we have to be better this month than last month. Now, that's a normal business acumen, but we've actually had that as reality for a decade. We now face, and was brought out by uh, Robert, which we talked about the, the show's review today, um, that we are not in uh, that growth pattern anymore. Rev par and so forth. And like I said, we'll get to that. But our technique this week is about budget stress testing. Now, this is like this is, was born out of both of those things uh, when it came 2001 and 2008. And what budget stress testing is, is taking your current operational budget and doing one of two things or in combination thereof, either reducing your total revenue stream in increments of 10% and or reducing channel contributions, just removing a channel contribution. You, poof, the GDA, GDS will disappeared. Poof, your consortia disappeared or your FIT, um, your Smurf business, your corp travel, your group business, whatever, you can do them by segments. You can do them in percentage overall, just we just lost 10% of our revenue. We just lost 20% of our revenue. We just lost 30% of our revenue and see the impact on your operational budget. It's like a lowering tide. When the tide is high, everything's smooth and the water tops are great and everything wonderful. But when the tide lowers, all of a sudden the rocks, 
the wreckage, the debris on the bottom of it begin to start poking over through the surface of the water and their obstacles and issues. Departmental costs all of a sudden stand blatantly bad because as you lose revenue, there are cost ratios that that sometimes geometrically go up because they're of such high ratio compared to the revenue that that channel or excuse me, that that department uses. And all of a sudden you realize that there are some stark issues into your operational expenses. Some of the large, of course, is cost of product and also payroll. You'll see those dramatically go up. And all you know, first consider the fact that your profit margins, your net profit margins below EBITDA line are going to disappear. You're you're purposely taking out swaths of revenue to make these stress test uh, decisions on your budget. Looking at where all of a sudden these outcroppings, these rocks begin to show above the surface, and looking at the value proposition of what it means to either scale them down because of the loss of revenue, and or possibly the consideration of their removal. Now, this is something that needs to be looked at now because we know that pretty much that as this situation with um, the coronavirus, it, whether it's physically harming people or not, we had a great discussion in the live show about this, which we'll get to, um, the, the aspect of the per perception of travel is what we're fighting. People have the means, the capacity, the time, but not the desire. So no rate reduction is going to help you. No amount of inventory thrown at the OTAs and the desperation of them bringing you business is going to help you. If people decide that they feel that it is not in their best interest to travel, none of that will make an impact. Dropping $20 on your rate is not going to make somebody go, oh, I'm going to go now. Sure, I'll risk what I was worried about, but I'm going to do It doesn't work that way. So stop racing to the bottom with your rates. It's a, it's a no-win situation for that at all. Um, there are methodologies, and we are going to be doing the live summit at the beginning of April to go through what you do in a downturn demand economy for marketing, and we'll discuss those in details. And of course, we'll hit a few of them in our general podcast discussions and live show discussions between now and April anyway. Uh, but I don't want to take our time for that as much as looking at the value proposition of budget stress testing your uh, your P&L, your budget, to see where you would have to pre-plan for, ah, if we go down below this line, I already know what I need to look at and already I need to know what I need to do to control costs. One of the things that comes from benefit of this is that if there is a long-term aspect to the impact of what's being done right now with the coronavirus, having lived through the onion layers of reduction of costs, I can tell you it is painful and, and heart-wrenching it's easy on the first line of cuts when you have to start cutting staff, the ones that were underperforming, the ones that were new, but unfortunately, you know, they just were getting settled in or um, the ones that uh, you just you brought in hoping there would be more value proposition of their position or not. Those, those are those are relatively easy cuts. Nobody likes to terminate people, but of course, you know, those are the, the easier ones. The next level is what people that are doing a good job, but there's just not enough for them to do. And you want to retain your core people that are your highest trained, your highest value, that are key to functionalities within your operation. Well, that's the third level of cuts when things start keep going south. And those are the ones that begin to hurt. The people that have done nothing wrong, that have been stellar, that have done everything right, but they don't either have enough diversification to multitask that somebody that can clean a room and check out at the front desk or fix something or whatever have you answer a phone call know how to do a certain SaaS platform whatever 
those people now when you start having to cut those that's when it really begins to hurt and there's even a level beyond that and that's when you're actually reducing yourself to a skeleton crew where it is the app it's like your executive committee is running the hotel your chief engineer is your engineer your dos is your sales your 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 um front your reservation manager is, or, or revenue manager is your front desk at that point your gm is cleaning rooms as well as your director of housekeeping and i have gone that far and know how much it hurts to be at that level i've even gone farther in which i just had to do without some things because we couldn't afford having certain departments at all in the in the crisis of it so know that there are deep pits to this and knowing that the faster you're able to retain your cash flow by making these choice by making these plans ahead of time to know how you're going to react based on these scenarios will be much more helpful than reaction reacting to them and wondering what to do about them so budget stress testing is a very valuable function to either know how to do which will teach it in the summit in april if you don't already know it or if you do know it, this is the time to begin to go through that exercise. The second aspect of our technique is market scenario modeling. Similar to budget stress testing, but more specific to how do you adjust your spends for marketing? Here are the two worst things you can do in a downturn economy. Lower your rates and give your inventory to a third party. Okay, And the second is lowering your market spend. Why do I say that when you say, well, we got to retain our cash flow and so forth? Why shut off your light, your sign, to save your electric bill when the people now drive by not knowing you're in business? That's basically, in effect, what you're doing by shutting off your marketing, is you're turning your, your light out. For any of the few people that still would be wanting to do business with you, they no longer can find you because you've stopped letting them know where you are. So stopping your marketing is almost as bad as giving away your inventory, if not in some ways worse. So what do you do then? Well, you have to do the same stress testing that we just talked about with your budget. If we were to knock out channels of contribution and or revenues from certain channels, if you were to go through the process of reducing how much revenue you were getting off of PPC, how much revenue you were getting off of perhaps um, your social paid, or the time that you're spending to pay somebody to go over and do your organic on social or your content development and SEO on your website or any of the other things that you're doing in marketing, okay, traditional or non-traditional, digital or non-digital, and you start knocking those down, you have to change your ratios of spend accordingly. That if a, chap if a, a channel uh, contribution diminishes, the validation of still using that channel, shifting those funds to another channel, those are the considerations you need to model. And that's where we go back to the tool we talked about with Giru. Giru allows you to put those models together. Here's your current flow. Here's your PPC campaigns. Here's your email campaigns. Here's your social campaigns, blah, 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 blah. All the conversions that you have, the numbers that you have, the metrics that you have. This is it running now. Now, scenario number two, start dialing down different channels, either diminishing their conversion, increasing their costs, diminishing their revenue, make those changes to see how it impacts the full flow of the funnel that they're connected to, to know where else you would need to modify what you're doing. And then create a list of protocols, an SOP, a standard operating procedure, if you were, that if things hit certain thresholds, maybe for instance, your first response would be, ah, now we're going to change our PPC campaigns to only fund those that are at a certain ratio of return 
and let the other ones, even though they were at the time fine enough, but not no longer, and let those pause. So we're only focusing on the dollars that we're spending as being the most optimally generated revenue that we can. So to lower the channel cost as much as we can to make sure there's much flow through revenue as possible that goes into your budget. So we're not costing to make a dollar more than it should, so to speak. It says you can have great ratios. Say you have a three to one. Well, that's a 33% cost. 33 cents for every dollar brought in was just in getting that dollar. Now, if your payroll has gone from... 32% for, or up to 48%. Well, and that's 48 cents added to the 33 cents. And then your food cost, if it's a restaurant or if you have operational overhead costs between electric and fixed and everything else is another 45 cents you've already lost. You're still spending more money than the money that you're taking in. So making that cost for 33 cents for a three to one to say when nothing below uh, nothing worse than a five to one you brought it down to 25 cents you just saved the day at least you're paying for your, your cost you may not be making profit of course but you're keeping the, the lights on and the doors open so you have to look at minimizing your costs in that that, that market scenario modeling and that that's where the guru tool is really helpful creating those scenarios of what ifs and knowing what you immediately can do rather than even the extra week it takes for you to figure it out could be a week where you squandered money so knowing these things before these things happen means that as these things happen and the protocol hits like saying, oh, we're at that stage where we lowered our revenue at this threshold or these channels went below this line, step one is this, boom. If it goes down and hits the next threshold, that's step two, boom. You're already doing it at the time it's happening. So you're never overspending the monies that you shouldn't be spending and optimizing the total conversion of what you're spending the monies for. But certainly do not stop spending the money in the marketing. So that is our techniques of the week, which is budget stress testing and market scenario modeling. They will be a part of our conversation and definitely a part of our marketing summit in the beginning of April. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, and that brings us to our other section of our podcast today. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. Okay, so news and show review. Um, we had some great uh, conversations today. Unfortunately, for, for even though we had such a wonderful list from uh, Mr. Robert Cole, we really didn't hit him. We really dived into the fact that some amazing things have been happening in market. The coronavirus, of course, being the keeper of the conversation. Um, he did, Mr. Robert, go over and put together, he is his own database. He has and keeps track of data from a variety of sources. That's why he's uh, such a, a renowned person hired for Focusrite and J.D. Powers and so forth and so on because he is that data, data person. Um, he was talking about how he's kept track of year-over-year -year growth rate for our industry from and just, he decided the past three years. And he does it by week so that, that way there's not the confusion of, you know, every year the day shift. So you're missing weekends versus not weekends, depending upon the day shifts and leap years and so forth. So doing it by the week kind of flattens that out a little bit. But what he did show on a 52 week moving average, okay, was that he said three takeaways. In short, the U.S. hotel industry occupancy percentage growth rate has dropped 50 base points in each of the past two years. Second point he made. Average daily rate growth has also been cut in half. Average daily rate growth has also been cut in half since last year. And unfortunately, that combination produces a pathetic 0.74% growth rate in revenue per available room. Keeping in mind that these numbers were through January, this doesn't reflect what's been happening with the impact of the coronavirus 
two targeted markets right now. We know it's not a global thing, but we do know that cruise ships no longer go to the APAC region. Uh, flights have been canceled to China. It's been told that conferences um, uh, over 5,000 in the EU are not authorized. Major conferences like ITB and the mobile conference in Barcelona by ITB in Berlin, 160,000 people all canceled. Where just today, the, the South by Southwest conference in, in Austin, Texas, canceled and large corporations have put a six-week moratorium on corporate travel well you might say that to cover their 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 uh, risk factors of, of sending people off to go work and then getting sick because of it but also to for a until they know how to mitigate this distribution of this virus and its impact but we know that as with all things things modify and change as time goes forward but the real aspect of this is that it is a black swan effect for us right now whether it stays a long-term aspect of what we're doing for the year is yet to be seen and i think out of consensus and this is where we talked a lot about the difference between the current coronavirus and previous viruses as they entered into the public consciousness um, sad to say the other viruses had a higher severity to their uh, the, the, to those that, we, that that got it and because of that um, the distribution of it was relatively contained compared to something like this that has a high similarity to a flu and quite a long dormant ink cycle of anywhere from 14 to 21 days they don't even know yet how long this incubates before it displays what it does so it can be in general population and that means it's going to blow up the more it blows up the more apprehension of people's travel plans the less likely they are going to to, to make travel plans uh, the more overly conservative they're going to be about those travel plans the more of an impact to our industry what we feel is that if there is no semblance of understanding of where this might go by the end of April we'll lose our summer uh, season and I mean all those that have a summer season where they people travel with kids and go to places and so forth we will lose our summer season if we don't have some sort of clarity we feel by the end of April um, and with me was my co-host Kat Mohammed uh, from Alhoa uh, also Tim Peter from Tim Peter Associates and Robert Cole as mentioned with Rock Cheetah this is our conversation we had if in fact by the end of July there's still not clarity as to where this is going or if it continues to degradate, then we will lose our fall for those that don't travel with children and do fall plan travels and so forth. At the very least, it's going to impact flight versus drive market travel business. That will sustain as a question mark through the entire year because even if it goes the way Trump says that, oh, it's when it gets warm, it goes away, and when it gets cool, it might come back, whatever he gets that from, um, it's still going to be a growing concern for people to incorporate that into their daily routine lives in consideration. So with that in mind, for those that would know that they are highly susceptible to, to its effect and put themselves in jeopardy, you know, the older and the indigent, and those that have uh, uh, respiratory issues or the uh, young, but not too young, the preteens, early teens and so forth, um, or whether you're going to affect or risk somebody by you traveling and bringing it back to those same type of people. Those are the ones that are going to be under consideration of not traveling the most compared to those that might say, I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm not too young, I'm not too old, um, and I'm not putting anybody at risk by my travel. They're going to be opportunistic in their travel. And again, having lived through down economies, those opportunistic travels you need, travelers you need to identify. Good news is, compared to the previous times in 08 and 2001, we have amazing tools to demographically profile people, create personas, and do targeted marketing. The bad news is, we've never had a social media platform existence as we do now, and the, the, the disproportionate amount of 
unauthorized information or inaccurate information, conspiracy theory or what, also makes it very hard to fight when people are concerned about the silliest of things. Just ask anybody that's not drinking Corona beer or thinks that uh, chocolate milk comes from brown cows. So <laughs> that was in a wrap up our news of the week is that we really did just focus in on all the sources for uh, finding relevant current travel marketing and all those links that uh, Robert gave us will be in our show notes for the podcast, like the live blog from Focuswire and other great resources that are keeping up to date with the impact in the hospitality industry and real authorized authenticated numbers, not conspiracy theory wonderings of whether the air and the air bubble wrap coming from China has uh, coronavirus in it. It's amazing. The, the disinformation that is out there for all of this. So that gives you a sense of what is going on in our nose and show review. And remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, 36, uh, actually 39 platforms and counting. The most fun of which I'm noticing is you being used to Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri by simply saying, uh, hey Siri or OK Google or Hey Alexa, play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. Tremendous amount of people are using that. If this is your first time hearing us, uh, whatever platform you find us on, please subscribe to it. Uh, if you use any of those other platforms, you can go there and find us. Uh, we always ask you that you rate, rate us and review us. Um, Sorry, I missed that. Could you say? And make sure that you... Um, by doing so, that shares it with other people that might uh, not know that we exist. Our audience is growing really fast. We're several thousands up now. Uh, from even last week, we're doing exceptionally well. We hope that uh, that's because you enjoy the content. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I'd love to hear about it. You can reach out to me at lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. You can find this and all previous 238 podcasts at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcasts. Look for this episode number 239. There you'll see all the show notes I've referred to for all the topics we didn't get to in our regular live show and also the ones that we already discussed on the podcast today. And don't forget that we do have our live video talk show that you can join and participate in every Friday at 1130 Eastern U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, The Live Show. This week coming up will be episode 240. You can register for listening to on the live show. That's a longer show that runs about two and a half hours. It is video. It's us talking heads, but most people listen to it in the background or participate in chat. And that you can be found at hospitalitydigitalmarketing forward slash uh, dot com forward slash live. And like I said, if you want to register for this week's show number 240, you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash H-D-M show 240. And that will get you registered and reminded. We'll send you a text if you'd like or a simple email to remind you that the show starts at 1130 Eastern. So with that, thank you as always for the privilege of your time. And I look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 239 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and support of the HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International All Rights Reserve Copyright 2020. 